Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one by one, and we will be spoiling all the episodes that we've done so far and the current episode that we're on, but we will try to remain spoiler-free for future episodes. I'm Jason, and I don't look nearly as good as David Boreanaz when I try to do Chai Chi without a, tr- without a shirt on. Mm-hmm. And I'm Heresy. <laughs> oh boy we're off to a good start on this one do you want to just restart no it's staying in all right i'm harrison and i'm exactly as horny for giles as joyce is yeah Jason. i like that joyce just gets on your level in this episode oh yeah no joyce and i are like we're I, we're there together uh, Jason, tell me what episode we're watching today. We are watching season three, episode six, Band Candy. This is the one where, for some reason, everybody has to sell the candy to get the marching <laughs> band's new uniforms. And uh, the adults just go absolutely nuts on it like it's Ivan Ooze's crap from the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Band Candy was written by Jane Espenson uh, in her first episode for the series. Um, Woo! And I've met Jane. Her. Uh, oh yeah, I always forget that. Um, after Joss, Jane Espenson is my favorite Buffy writer. Um, she She's writes some of the best episodes. Yeah, well, definitely the did. funniest episodes. If I uh, yeah, um, and Jane Espenson um, is also known for. Uh, other um shows as well like uh once upon a time she's a huge mm-hmm. uh, she's a huge contributor to that consistently writing the only good episodes of that show um and uh yeah jane espenson also wrote um she wrote uh, angel episodes as well a couple not very okay. many but yeah she um, did a couple and she and uh the uh the web series uh husbands which is which a delightful is, delightful web series which is also how i was able to meet her um, oh really because that's what they were promoting at the convention and that also was like when um, that was also the same year that uh, Amber Benson was um, uh, promoting her fiction and so I also got to meet her as well Uh, if you guys Um, don't know that name uh, hang on you will (laughs) will. Um, uh, Husbands also features a couple um, Buffy alums, including a cameo appearance by Joss Whedon. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she also wrote um, she wrote a couple episodes of Torchwood. And, That's um, right, I forgot about that. Um, it was Miracle Day, but still. Um, and I think she, I'm pretty sure she wrote like a season one episode of Game of Thrones. Um... I'm I'm gonna check this real quick. No, you're right. I absolutely did I she don't write know a golden one. crown? Maybe. I absolutely remember seeing her name in the credits though. Yeah. And she's like Yes, yeah. it was a golden crown that she it's wrote. Not, she's like cool. nice. She's like it's she's like one of the only people who's not like the creators or George R. R. George R. R. Martin to have written episodes of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, basically She's amazing. Yeah, and, we uh, love her. Yeah, we love her. I did not um, realize this was her first episode. But. Yeah, I was. I thought it was when I was like writing our intro. I was like, I'm pretty sure this is the first time I've written Jane Espenson for the podcast. 
Um, also, this episode was directed by Michael Lang. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no disrespect to Mr. Lang. Yeah, you did a great uh, we're job. Sorry we can't like <laughs> we're sorry we can't ramp you up as much as we did Jane Vincent. Um and it originally aired on November 10th, 1998. All right, let's get some intro music in here. So, uh, listeners, you may remember last week, um, which for Jason and I was yesterday. We uh, <laughs> there's not much to do in quarantine besides uh, <laughs> film our podcast, record our podcast. Um, so we decided we were going to do fun candy themed uh, drinks for uh, for this week. Um, so, and we I don't know what Jason has made. He does not know what I have made, um, aka what my husband made. Um, <laughs> So, uh, Jason, what are you drinking? So, I, um, a lot of the cool recipes that I saw would have required me to go to the liquor store. And instead of, like, waking up early to go to the liquor store today, I um, stayed up last night binging the rest of season three of The Wire. Um, <laughs> so, I, I basically put together, like, the sweetest drink that I could make. And it's one of my signature White Russians. Oh, which is yes. Very chocolatey. Um, I think I put a little too much vodka in this, aka what I do every time. Um, yeah. Have we talked about my white Russians on this? We have not. I was actually about to be like, we need to explain why your white Russians are Please, are I want to hear it from you. Okay, so a typical white Russian, listeners, is, um, uh, and Jason, correct me if I'm right, it's vodka, Kahlua, and cream, correct? Correct. Okay. Um, Jason says, fuck that noise and replaces cream with Bailey's. Mm-hmm. And, um, so you got a, a triple alcohol going and they yeah, are, they, I believe like I looked online, those are apparently called dirty Russians. Oh, okay. It also sounds kind of mean towards Russians. But... <laughs> um, they are so fucking good. But they are so fucking dangerous. Um, oh, yeah. My 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 favorite memory of Jason's <laughs> White Russians were um, so as we've mentioned on the podcast before, Jason and I and a bunch of our friends we get um, a cabin every year in the fall um, or summer, usually at Red River Gorge. But there were a couple years where it was like we were all like post college, but pre having good jobs, and so like. Um, we, we, um, we would instead go down to John's parents' house for this, for like a weekend. Um, John's parents have a big farm, uh, in, um, uh, in like the, the country in, uh, yeah, in Sadieville, Kentucky. And, um, the first year we went, they were actually not there. They had gone to Paris for like a week. Um, but the second year we were there, they were there and Jason made white Russians and we all got super super fucked up except for john's mom john's mom had like one and she was like wow this is really strong and then she noticed the rest of us um weren't stopping and she was like oh okay i think i feel the most A chaperone bad about john's is me. dad because <laughs> he like he couldn't even make it upstairs he like made it to the made it to like the recliner in the in like the family room or whatever um 
But uh, yeah, and apparently, like the next year, when I uh, the next summer, uh, John's parents like throw in a summer party every mm-hmm. year. Um, they throw a, a midsummer party. A midsummer party, not to be confused with the amazing film Midsummer. No, 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 <laughs> nothing like that. Um, but uh, which I highly recommend, uh, BTW. Agreed. Um, but uh, the yeah, I came and they invite a lot of their friends from. Uh, uh, it's from around like the town as well as like mm-hmm. uh, friends from out of town as well and Harrison and John are always nice enough to invite me I came over there and uh, um, Harrison I didn't know too many people and uh, so Harrison was like introducing me to a couple and uh, and they said like wait a minute uh, they're like oh this is a this is a friend of John and mine so Harrison said that and they said, like, wait a minute, is this the friend who made those white Russians? <laughs> <laughs> I've like, never met these people before in my life, but apparently... Your reputation precedes you. No, it's, like, they're, they're, they're legend now. <laughs> but yeah, I'm pretty sure this one is, like, uh, probably safely 70% vodka. So nice. we're going to have a lot of fun in this episode, guys. So, um, I, I had to make a grocery run today, so I was like, all right, I'm going to find like an interesting drink to make and make sure when I stop at the liquor store while I'm doing that, I will get what I need. So originally I was going to make a lemon drop, um, but when I got to the liquor store, they didn't have any triple sec left. So I got on my handy dandy, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and I found a recipe for Sour Patch Kids Martini. I think I might have seen that as well. Ooh, wow, that's very blue. Yeah, it's blue. so pretty. So I've got some pictures. like an Eiffel I've... 65 remix right mm-hmm. there. Um, it's blue, I... da-boo-dee, I... I got a picture of John making it, and then I got a picture of the final results. So listeners, I will, I'll post this on the Insta. Um, and... Um, Normally, I wouldn't have tasted it before, but John made one for himself, too, so we want to try them. And let me tell you, it tastes like a goddamn Sour Patch Kid. (laughs) Um, It is uh, uh, vodka, um, strawberry-flavored vodka, blue curacao, um, and um, some lemon juice and some simple syrup. Okay. And it is goddamn delicious. Wow, I'm glad Um, it worked out for you. Yeah, I'm really excited. I actually, the recipe did say to garnish it with Sour Patch Kids, um, but uh, I had already left the main store, and I was not going back to that fucking hellscape. So, um, no garnish for me this week. It's all right. Um, All right, so um, it is my turn to do the toast, because this is an even episode. Mm -hmm. Jason and I finally figured out what the pattern is. Um... Season three, episode six. That's where we know what we're doing. Um, So I'm going to say cheers to being a teenager. Uh, They were trying times. They were fun times. They were bad times. They were times. Cheers. Teenage dumb. To teenage dumb. Clink. See, I know this is mostly vodka, and yet I can barely taste it. <laughs> I'm like, and the sad thing is, like, I'm going to like be doing housework after this, so I'm going to be <laughs> doing it drunk. 
Which isn't the best way. Yeah, the only problem is that like the work involves using a saw. So, <laughs> okay, well, this, this might not, this might be some bad news bears going on here. I want you to text me later, either that you're safe or with pictures of the mess. <laughs> I won't be able to text you because my thumbs will be gone. <laughs> God damn it! All right. <clears throat> so we talked about booze. Let's talk about booze. <laughs> Uh, we start off this week, where else? In the cemetery. Yeah. Um, and this episode just starts off strong with this great bit where Giles is reading something that sounds really doom and gloom and like, this will, you know, um, like, this portends the end of days, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like... Does the above passage refer to <laughs> A, this, B, this, C, this? That's um, right. Buffy is studying for the SAT, um, which I uh, I thought that, like, that's normally taken in junior year, but um, um, I guess it can still be so, taken senior year if you want to get in, like, yeah. those, those application deadlines. I, I never took the SAT. Um, I didn't either. I took we, the ACT. Uh, yeah, I took the ACT, but I know I actually took my ACT. Um, yeah, it would have been fall of my like it was like actually pretty late fall of my um, my senior year when I took my ACT. I took it pretty late, um, but yeah, I think you can start taking it as early. I mean, fuck, I'm sure if you pay, you can take it whenever the fuck you want. That's true. Um, like they'll take your money. Buffy uh, falls back on the uh, the age old strategy of B. We haven't had B in forever. <laughs> it's it's the SAT Buffy, not connect the dots. <laughs> I I swear though, that was me taking tests. Sometimes I would get so much anxiety if like if like I hadn't chosen like a letter in a long time. I'd be like, that can't be right. Or if I had chosen the same letter too many times in a row i'd be like yeah there can't be seven c's in a row and like, there's like uh, when it comes to standardized tests like if i know the material i don't have those feelings but if it's like if it's like the physics gre which was i, I would have been better off like paying somebody to hit me in the crotch with a baseball bat <laughs> multiple times um i i do like think like oh man i've i've put down like three B's in a row. There's no way that can be right. <laughs> um, Buffy slays a vampire with her number two pencil. Um, and then she's like, oh, well, I guess we're done. I don't have my number two pencil. And Giles pulls out a spare. Uh, good old Giles definitely saw that being used as a weapon and came with a spare. <laughs> Um, I think he more just kind of anticipated uh, Buffy's excuses at this point. Yep. <laughs> uh, the next day, Buffy is describing her nightmare to Willow about an improperly filled-in test bubble uh, chasing her, yelling, none of the above. <laughs> to which Willow responds, gosh, I hope that's not one of your prophetic dreams. <laughs> I... The test anxiety in this episode um, feels very um, realistic. For as long as it lasts. Because yeah. it honestly just doesn't... Um, 
it, it, it's like the main part of the beginning of the episode and then it's brought up at the end but yeah. the bulk of the episode is more concerned with all the jazz that goes on in between <laughs> <laughs> um so um part of the conflict of this episode um that kind of we we learn about here is um buffy explains to oz and willow that basically giles and her mom have her schedule 24 7 um to to try to keep her out of trouble um and it's really starting to to get to her um maybe that's why she was being such a bitka last week (laughs) Okay, uh, that's an, I, I wasn't expecting that, but um, <laughs> but yeah, it, uh, it it does seem like uh, and in all fairness to Joyce and uh, Giles, they like they one they both really care that she does well, and also mm-hmm. she does have a lot to come back from. Like, I mean, yeah, just like the academics alone. Um, and yeah, like, and Giles even does say, like, he wants her to, like, get into college. Um, yeah. So I think that I, I always thought that was really nice. Um, no, I think it is too. And I, I think a big problem here is not necessarily Giles and Joyce, what they're doing. It's le- more that there's just no communication between the two of them yeah, and, about um, and, and also, how to coordinate that. Yeah, and also the... Um, it's just, uh, wow, good job on getting these thoughts out, Jason. Um, <laughs> it's just, uh, you know what? Let, let's let's just move forward. I I okay. had a thought and it just went away. Um, so the gang shows up in the cafeteria where um, Principal Snyder is handing out uh, chocolate bars that he wants them to sell to help pay for the band uniforms. Um and uh, because those who, big hats, Xander says those big hats are very expensive, and Oz replies they go with everything. <laughs> uh, one thing I do enjoy about this episode is that it doesn't have a lot of Xander in it, and um, he's tolerable so I'm, I'm in cool his little with bits. With one, yeah, exception. I'm cool with that. It, it, well, I know what you're talking about, but we'll get to that. Uh, um, yeah. there's someone asked. I think it's Buffy who's ha- says. Um, like, but we're not in the band, and he's like, and yet, um, so he's basically just like bullies. Them. No, no, no. S- yeah, Snyder says like, if I were handing you a trombone, that would be a problem. <laughs> that would be a problem. <laughs> which, yeah, which one sick burn. Yeah, and two, not even his best line in the show in the episode. Oh, absolutely not. Um, Does the is the no, and no, yet? I even it? wrote down. What? I was going to say, is the and yet bit with Joyce and Buffy? Um, what do you mean? There's a, there's a bit where someone's, t- there's like two people talking and um, I think it's when, I think it's when Buffy and Joyce are talking about like Buffy wanting to drive and I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about either. We're doing great this week, Jason. Listeners, if you know what I'm talking about, please let us know. <laughs> Yell it out in your car while you're driving to work, um, <laughs> listening to the podcast. Like, I know. Um, yeah, so long story short, they need to sell the uh, the chocolate for the band. Um, and then we go to uh, our, now we've seen him fully, uh, Mayor Wilkins. Um, mm-hmm. 
and he's talking about uh, um, have it. I don't know if they mentioned the demon's name at first, but uh, they I don't say think like, they. Oh, he. I don't know that they say it in this scene, but. But yeah, like they have to basically work on a tribute um, to make to a demon. So yeah, this Mayor Wilkins guy. He may not be as great as his demeanor suggests. Maybe, maybe not. Um, and we also see him open a big cabinet with uh, daggers and skulls and... Yeah, like, it, it gives new meaning to skeletons in the closet. <laughs> bro's got that and plenty more. Like, even, like, uh, he even grabs, like, a shrunken head, smells it, and he's like, where is that scotch? <laughs> and this is, this is pretty much, like, Wilkins's entire character. He's... Mm-hmm. He, he nails being able to, like, be behind all this dastardly stuff while still keeping this, uh, this hilariously, um, hilariously, like, skim milk persona. And mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. It's, yeah. it's one of the reasons why he's one of my favorite big bads in the series. He's fucking fantastic. Um, yeah. Mr. Trick lets him know that he's got a guy, um... Someone who's uh, worked this town before um, to help them do uh, what they need. So I wonder what that Just will as be. As long as it's not Lyle Gorch. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> I know who it is, but I just want to uh, say Lyle Gorch sucks again. What if What if Lyle Gorch was... He's not, listeners, by the way. But just like, what if Lyle Gorch just showed up like once a season? This like... <laughs> Oh god, what a He's like the Q of, of of Buffy, except that he's not good ever. <laughs> um so Buffy uh convinces Joyce to buy uh twenty bars of chocolate and um uh, also attempts to get Joyce to um let Buffy get her driver's license. And I will say, initially, like at first during the scene I was like Joyce I I hear where you're coming from I do think you are being maybe a little unreasonable maybe you should hear her out and then later in the episode when we're seeing Buffy drive I was like nope Joyce is right Joyce is absolutely right <laughs> she she says that she failed the uh, she failed the written exam and they wouldn't even let her take the the actual yeah. driving exam. Which, I mean... The road test. I don't know how it works in California, but I feel like that goes without saying. Like, if you fail the written test, you, you, they don't let you take the practical test. Like, um, Yeah. But, of course, it's been over 10 years since I've taken a driver's test. So, I don't know. It might be fucking different now. Although, Ooh, right. it wouldn't matter how it is now because this was in 1998. Yeah, um... I mean, hell, I know Kentucky uh, Kentucky procedures changed since we uh, since we got mm-hmm. our licenses. So it's like harder now, I think. Um, yeah, it's like I also think you have to wait longer too mm-hmm. because I think the original thing was uh, you take the permit test, you get the um, you get the you wait six months while you drive with the permit, mm-hmm. and then you take the road test, and now I think it's like a year maybe. So, um, but like you get like after six months with the permit you get mm-hmm. like a restricted license maybe so that's how um, it was when i did it was six months with your oh, permit okay. and then yeah you had a um yeah you had a restricted license for six months and if you didn't fuck up anything like after that six months 
you got like your full license. But I think it's even changed since then. Because I feel okay. like I was one of the last people who went through Showing on like, my that age system. here, guys. <laughs> um, but I'm not sure. But um, Joyce is, is, is not having it um, specifically because she's worried that if something happens, uh, Buffy with a car might just skip town again. Buffy does not help her case when she says, I could just get on a bus. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm like, part of me is just like, yeah, that is funny, Buffy, but like, not to your mom. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's um, the sort of joke you make to uh, Xander. Buffy, <laughs> Buffy, um, Buffy says that she has to go uh, uh, be with Giles again um, because they're doing like another uh, slay study double feature. <laughs> and uh, and uh, that she'll be there like all night. Yep. She then goes to the library where Giles is. Unloads and, the uh, other half of her candy onto him. Yes. <laughs> yes. And um, I, I do... Uh, I realize that this training montage is, like, all for effect. Um, uh, like, it's all for, like, the effect of the joke. Mm. But um, it's, all, it, it's a really funny joke. It's, <laughs> like... Uh, Oh, you have, to, and I, I love like the look on Giles's face when he thinks that Buffy's gonna throw in like the completely wrong direction. It's like Buffy, you have to boom. Yeah. <laughs> so my question: do, do I was thinking about this while I was watching the episode? Do you think that was on purpose? Do you think Buffy actually like planned that like angle out to hit him by bouncing it off, or do you think it was just like dumb luck? I, I say no, it on purpose. Think, yeah, She's I way too pleased too. with herself at the end for it to have no, been, yeah, like, been lucky. Yeah, like, I think she knew absolutely what she was doing. And um, just goes to show how good she is at the slaying mm-hmm. aspect. Um, and dodgeball. Yeah. No, like, she can do all five. She can, do- she can dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. <laughs> Oh goodness! Um, but then um, she tells uh, she tells Giles that she needs to go back with her mom because her Buffy's mom's being lying. Uh, yeah, because her mom's being uh, what? What's the words that she uses? Oh, like, I uh, don't remember. Um, she's basically like coming down hard or whatever. Yeah. Um, and we find out that the reason for this deception is so that Buffy can go back to the. Uh, mansion and mm-hmm. see angel who is who is as i mentioned in my intro practicing tai chi without a shirt on so mm-hmm. the return of the angel nips <laughs> um but for some reason this takes for some reason this takes it out of him like hard <laughs> yeah like, he, well, it he was doing like he's some still... intense tai chi I, I guess the implication he's still kind of recovering um from his yeah. his time in hell um, and we didn't really see him do anything last week. He pretty much just sat there and talked. Um, yeah. he asks her, um, he asks her about Scott. Um, but she does not tell him that they broke up, which I think is, uh, very interesting. She, like the rest of the, uh, Buffy fandom, 
does not want to talk about Scott. <laughs> that is true. I also think I mean, Scott I... is a convenient barrier that she can put up between her and Angel. Um, because Lord knows she was eyeing, she was eyeing Angel like the hot hunk of vampire man meat that he is. Oh, fucking hell yeah, she was. Um, but she's very wary around him. And, um, so I think it's convenient that she's like, oh yeah, Scott, my boyfriend. You'd, you'd be wary too <laughs> if, uh, the, if the last time you had sex with a guy, you turned into an absolute monster and tried to destroy the world. What do you mean by if? You're right, uh. I feel like we're going to find out some really interesting uh, dating facts about your history um, throughout the course of this podcast. So it's actually funny you say that. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I was I was listening to like another podcast that I listened to, and one of the hosts was just being very, very open about like their sex life on it. And John like overheard it and was like, "Hey, like you don't talk about our sex life, do you?" on the podcast and I was like well first of all you'd know if you fucking listened <laughs> <laughs> way, to, way to throw the blame on the other person that's um, like an Ace Harrison skill <laughs> oh yeah but I was like but I was like no like I was like I share a lot like I and I can go to some nasty places but I was like I don't like I, I don't share anything that has to do with you because that would be weird. Like, I'll share a lot about, like, my own self, but, like, anything that's going to involve my husband. Uh, in case anyone's out there just hoping I'll drop some juicy bits, um, find me on OnlyFans. <laughs> uh, sorry, I thought we were just talking about not talking about juicy bits. <laughs> and yet, I found a way. Life finds a way. Anyway, what were we talking about? <laughs> um, yeah, like, uh, so Buffy leaves, um, Buffy leaves Angel, uh, without a shirt on. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, when she gets home, uh, Buffy sees, uh, Joyce there and she's like, oh yeah, sorry, the, um, what? Sorry, I just you, saw. You just like had this dumb grin on your face. I just saw a sentence that we're gonna have to read off of the uh, off of the wiki in just a second. It's the end of the paragraph. But, um, yeah, I see it. Um, and uh, she sees her mom, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm really sorry. I'm so late. Uh, Giles um, kept me like uh, over like over for so long." And uh, then Giles walks out of uh, from the living from the dining room and hot. Uh, you yep, caught Buffy. Busted. Um, so I You done messed up. This is so this feels, you know, and I I I my parents were um uh my parents got divorced when I was pretty young. Um so I didn't really have a lot of opportunity to do this, but this does feel very real of that like um playing your parents against one another and like oh well he, dad said and mom said and then when they come together to compare notes they're like hold up something don't smell right that's why my dad would always uh whenever i asked him about something he's like oh what did your mom say <laughs> and then if you say oh she said he's like is that what she's gonna say when i ask <laughs> yeah. her <laughs> no like yeah like the minute that he's like uh or if I ask him if we can do something and he says, like, ask your mom, I'm like, oh, man. 
That means no. I, I love my mom, guys, by the way. She's she's a wonderful person. Um, They're pissed, though. Um, and I think rightfully so. I, um, they, especially in Buffy's line of work, they don't know where she is. She could be fucking dead. Like, um, and they also called Willow. And uh, oh yeah, that's yeah, so. I think, and I think that's the. Uh, they're like, you lied to your mother, you lied to me, your father, and you lied to Willow. Willow. Of course, they don't know. Uh, they don't know the bad stuff that Willow's been up to this season. That's true. So. <laughs> that is true. It's like, oh, you know um, what? It's all right if you lie to Willow. Um, I think she ends up trying to. I think she ends up covering herself by saying, uh, "Oh, I was at the bronze doing." No, actually, things. Joyce provides Buffy's alibi for her. Um, Joyce is the one who says, "Were you at the bronze?" And oh, Buffy okay. is just like, "Yeah, I was." And um, she like jumps on that like um, that 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 alibi for herself um, to. Uh, to, to avoid telling them that she was with Angel. Um, which, Buffy, I understand. I understand. But this can only in, lead in to bad defense, things. In her defense, this is not the best time. Oh, oh, yeah, no. This would be a really <laughs> bad time to bring it up. Um, they, but she, you know, I will say, I think they have every right to be mad at her, but she... Um, the points she makes about how they're scheduling her, they're both scheduling her 24 hours a day. She does some quick math and is like, that's 48 hours a day. She's um, ready to ace those SATs. Yeah. Um, I, I think her point is solid. They they are pulling her in too many directions. Um, yeah, and I think, and I think it's, and again, like you said before, it's because Giles and this is like the first time we really see Giles and Joyce communicate. Co-parenting? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, no, no, like I mean, no, that's what it is. Um, and it's I think it's because nobody is used to Joyce being in on the slang mm-hmm. part now. So especially yeah. Giles. Um, before it was just like, oh, Giles uh, is scheduling like all this slang activity, and mm-hmm. um, but like. And I'm not saying that he's not concerned about Buffy's future. I already said he's, he wants Buffy to go to college. Yeah. But I think Joyce has that more in mind than the slaying stuff. And honestly, mm-hmm. like, I'm fairly certain that Joyce would like to see less slaying because that means less Buffy being in danger. Absolutely. But I do, and I do, you know, it's undercut by the fact that they're under the Candy's influence later. But I do think that Joyce and uh, Giles got together legitimately to work out like 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 an actual schedule for Buffy um that that isn't so hard on her um I I I don't it, I don't think that was a lie yeah um when um, um, when they were actually like uh when they were actually uh chiding her and everything um it reminded me of uh the episode of 30 Rock where um <laughs> The Christmas Christmas attack zone. Yeah, yeah, and like at the end of the episode, how like uh, Alan Alda and um, Elaine Stritch are like uh, are are both just yelling at Jack like he's a little kid, and it's the first time that Jack has really felt that he's had parents, except that yeah. like he's happy about it, and 
Buffy is nuts. She's like, yeah. oh, great, now there are two people coming down on my case all the time. <laughs> um, and this is where the Buffy wiki uh, informs us that, quote, they send her to bed and proceed to munch on the chocolate bars. No, they are like, they are going at those chocolate bars like I go at that party-sized bag of peanut butter M&Ms that's right over there on my mm-hmm. kitchen counter. They are going at those chocolate bars like I go at a room full of dicks. They're eating a lot of chocolate. <laughs> I really, really applaud your resolve there. You, like, refuse to break. I'm no, I'm like... Honestly, I feel like when we actually can go back to acting in shows, I think I'm going to, like... I think I will have learn so much just having to spend so much time talking to you one-on-one <laughs> for instance i'll have learned how to act interested when another person just goes on and on about useless crap love you you're my special guy hmm. yeah interesting okay hey come on uh, come on come on you're my special guy okay you're my special guy no all right uh so the next day uh the gang is in study hall xander and willow are secretly playing footsie under the table and i'm not saying anything more we're done we're not talking about it oh come on let let's fire off an anger shot i hate it no it's like and i don't know really it feels weird um not just because of like the whole oh they're both in other relationships mm-hmm. it feels weird because it seems like the the directors are trying to portray this as cute oh um, yeah it is like, so it, cutesy and i yeah, hate it. it it's it's giving a very bad vibe because i think at this point like i even remember in my first watch through like even though i knew that Xander and Willow, like, obviously, Willow has said multiple times that she Mm -hmm. had a thing for Xander. She even, like, flat out told Xander to his face when she found out that him and Cordelia were uh, Mm -hmm. secretly making out. Um, Like, she has had feelings for him, and... I don't don't know if Xander's ever admitted um, before this to feelings for Willow... Uh, because he's I don't been, think so. yeah, because he's been wrapped up too much in his uh, in his obsession with either Buffy or Cordelia. Um, but yeah, like even when like all of this started happening, and it, it seems like the writers are trying to make you think like, oh, they'll they'll like work it out and um, eventually they'll end up being together. I I never once thought that was the case. I never no. once thought that. Uh, Xander and Willow would ever get together. And um, I don't want them together. Like, yeah. w- Willow's crush on Xander, like, Willow having a one-sided crush on him, that makes sense. Like, there's a logic there that I understand that makes sense for that character and for their history. But this this gross cheating on their partners, I mean, Cordelia is right there. She's right there while they're doing this. And like that's the part, honestly, that makes me the the maddest is Cordelia's right there. And she's saying nice shit about Xander because she's talking to Buffy and she's um, 
I, I can't remember exactly what she says. She's talking about like cute boys and stuff, and then she's like, "Of course, oh, that's because, BX before Xander." So, so that's actually a really great, um, a really great line from Cordelia. She said, "Like, um, because Giles is supposed to be running this study hall, but he's not there." Mm-hmm. And Cordelia says, "Like, wow, like um, it's weird that Giles isn't here. He's been so uptight lately." One time, I had this philosophy, this big philosophy book for like a year and but the way and that he she made said, me pay the fine yeah the way that she says like oh for just a year um but uh but yeah i miss having that book because it made such a great conversation starter for when i was talking to college boys of course this was bx yeah before xander which is funny like this whole that whole bit is funny and but yeah but it's also sweet and it is tying into buffy and cordelia's um conversation last week about her and xander's relationship and so just you know even though it's just footsie it's worse than that yeah also also footsie um, is just kind of like i don't know people do that still in high school i mean i i don't know like i i didn't do a lot of dating in high school it also just is awkwardly shot. Like, it is, does look... Like, I, to me, footsie is, like, when you, like... It's not, like, a prolonged thing, you know? It's kind of like you, like, rub your foot up against the person's leg for, like, a second just to and then like, you oh. look, And then you look at them, and then they yeah. look back at you, and they either smile or do the... Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> but they're just, like, like weirdly giving each other foot jobs. It's, it's not okay. <laughs> um, oh, Lord. But the... Uh, important to the plot, though, is that, um, yeah, Giles is, uh, late for study hall, um, and, uh, uh, Cordelia says that she heard that there's a secret rule that if the teacher's ten minutes late to class, you can leave. So, I don't know (laughs) if that's true in high school, but I actually do think it's true in college, um... If like, I would imagine it depends on the school. Yeah, yeah. If, but yeah, because um, I do remember, um, I do remember hearing. Now, granted, this could all just be hearsay, but uh, I do remember hearing like, uh, if you wait um, fifteen minutes and the teacher isn't there, then they can't really expect you to like hang around for longer than fifteen minutes, especially because like um, classes range in time from like as little as 50 minutes so mm-hmm. 15s like when you look at it in the classroom perspective that's a huge chunk of time yeah uh yeah giles is has not shown up and um principal snyder and a uh a teacher named miss barton, barton. uh <laughs> are walking down the hallway arguing because as principal snyder says uh the pinhead librarian didn't show up <laughs> uh, guys snyder on this candy is fucking gold and oh i will i will bring it up when it comes here but he has the best line in my favorite line in the whole damn episode uh, uh, we'll i think i know it. what it is i wrote it um, down just to make sure i wouldn't <laughs> forget it so um miss barton agrees to take over uh study hall after some arguing and um, principal snyder says something along the lines of like everyone expects me to do everything around here because i'm the principal <laughs> it just walks away <laughs> <laughs> uh 
Um, and then Miss Barton ba- goes in and she's like, all right, I don't want to be here. You don't want to be here. So let's all just be quiet until we're sure that Snyder's gone. No, no. Commandant we'll... Snyder. Oh, yes. Commandant <laughs> Snyder is gone. And then we're out of here. And Xander's like, does anyone else want to marry Miss Barton? And Cordelia goes, get in line. <laughs> um, it's... It's really great, and it is it is our first indication that something weird is going on. And I I checked because um, as I've been rewatching Buffy, I have noticed um, that some of the the heavy concept comedy episodes um, sometimes it actually takes a while for that concept to kick in. Um, kind of like this with one, Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered. Yeah, it's a it's a good chunk of the way through the episode before that love spell hits. Yeah. Um, and another episode that I was really thinking of was um, uh, Thank You, Darling. My husband just brought me another drink. Oh, hi, John. Jason says, hi, John. He said, mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is like, listeners, that's a lot. That's a, <laughs> th- th- that's a lot from him. I miss you guys. Um, Oh, I miss you too. Um, one episode I was thinking of is a season seven comedy episode um, that uh, Jason and I are both very, very big fans of. Yeah, I kind of figured which uh, one you were talking about as soon as you said season seven. <laughs> <laughs> but we were, uh, John and I were watching it a couple weeks ago, and I remember thinking, be like, wow, it actually takes a while for like, like the, 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 the funny to happen but when it does it's like a lot of fucking funny yeah. all at once um but band candy um this happens i checked um this scene between miss barton and principal snyder um happens 15 minutes in and it's a 45 minute episode so yeah. so a good um, chunk of this is like dialing in on this and i gotta say even though this is very similar to the plot of Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered in the fact that, like, oh, it's um, it's a lot of the actors doing things that are out of character for them uh, mm-hmm. because their characters have changed. Buffy just does it so well that I don't even care that it's, like, yeah. it's fairly similar. Well, and it's a, I think it's a cool concept. It is a... Because um, it's not, like, a memory wipe. It's not a love spell. It's like a dematurity thing. Like what? What do these adult characters look like stripped of their maturity? And let's be honest, it really kind of boils down to like, oh, what do these characters? What do these adult characters look like if they were high? (laughs) Can we we all just agree on that? (laughs) Um, Yeah, Joyce and Giles are smoking cigarettes, and I am using air quotes. Um, they, uh, um, they busted that cream out though. Uh, oh God! <laughs> I mean, like I know what you mean, but like, ew, what an upsetting sentence. <laughs> um, so, on the subject of jo- uh, Joyce and Giles, Buffy goes to Giles's place because uh, she's um, she's concerned because he didn't show up for school, and that's not like him. Uh, and she finds Joyce there, and they. I, lo- I actually love how this scene is shot because at first Joyce isn't even in like the camera mm-hmm. view, 
but then it like slowly pans to her while like Buffy keeps asking questions to Giles and and then she's like also why is my mother here yeah well and it's great yeah because the and why is my mother here question comes as the camera discovers Joyce. Yes, it's, it's so, it's so like, good. <laughs> it is, yeah, it's really... So, you know what? We we spent a lot of time on on Jane, but Michael Lang, good job. Like, that was, that was a this, really great camera... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, this is where they explain to her that they are, they are coordinating schedules, um... And uh, to 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 just be a little easier. Coordinating on her. schedules. If you <laughs> That's guys what can't the kids are calling it, it. I am using air quotes very very hard. Um, but Joyce gives Buffy the car keys and just goes like, "Hey, just you know, drive yourself home." Should have been Buffy's radar should have gone off immediately, but she's just too excited. It almost, like it did for a second, and she's like. <laughs> She's like, I'm sorry, what? Wait a minute, hang on. I need to be more... Cl- what I meant to say was, what? And she's like, <laughs> go ahead, take the car home. It's like, well, you don't have to tell me twice, except that she did. <laughs> <laughs> God, um, like, this, this writing is so good. <laughs> it's really, really good. Um, as they leave, um, they're basically just like, God, hope she didn't notice anything. And that's when Giles lights up his... Cigarette. cigarette and um uh the wiki says it's a bottle of Kahlua but I thought it was it, a bottle of wine it did up look like a bottle of Kahlua because I remember okay. before the episode started I got out my ingredients for my white Russian and so I knew like exactly I had a picture of a bottle of Kahlua in my recent mm-hmm. memories and when I saw Joyce grab what a, a bottle, weird way to say that Shut up! <laughs> Will you let me say what I want to say on this damn show? Of course, of course. And like, even though Joyce and I'm, I, I am almost certain that Joyce was holding her hand over the name of the bottle because they didn't have the rights to show off Kahlua. <laughs> but no, like the minute that she picked that up, I was like, "Is that a Kahlua bottle?" Basically, at this point, everyone decides they're going to go out uh, for a night on the town. Oh, actually, no. First, we do get this scene, as you mentioned. Of Giles and Joyce listening to uh, the tale of Brave Ulysses. Yeah, I honestly I did not know what the name of the song was, but the minute that I heard it, I'm like, this sounds so much like Cream, like mm-hmm. or some kind of Eric Clapton related uh, corroboration <laughs> collaboration. This is one of the ones that there there are certain songs that just really stand like that appear on Buffy. Um, because Buffy has had such great music over its its run. Um, and there are certain songs that always stand out to me. And this was one of them. Just like the first time I watched this episode, I remember thinking like, and I wasn't really familiar with Cream, but I heard that song and I was like, wow, this is like cool. Like, <laughs> No, dude, have you? Um, I mean, their, their most famous song is probably Sunshine of Your Love. Have you heard that? That sounds familiar. Like, it's probably one of those ones that I've heard. Like if I if I played it i'd be like oh yeah, yeah that just song. you know what just find um just find like a greatest hits of either cream or even you could go as far as to say like a greatest hits of um of uh, eric clapton because um he's obviously like the biggest one of the biggest names associated mm-hmm. with cream also with uh derek and the dominoes um and uh oh 
shit, what's that last band that he's really known for? Hang on. Because um, there's three that he's really known for. Uh, the Yardbirds? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, and like, and he actually has been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame three times. Once as a solo artist, once <coughs> as a member of the Yardbirds, and once as a member of Cream. And also oh, like, cool. uh, and again, he has plenty of associated acts, uh, but like, uh, I always remember Cream and the Yardbirds because they had like the biggest, uh, the biggest hits, and um, and then uh, Derek and the Dominoes, like their biggest hit was probably Layla. But yeah, seriously, guys, listen to more Eric Clapton. He's great. Uh, this scene is maybe one of my favorites. Uh, Buffy is driving Willow to the bronze. And... Willow is grabbing and holding on to the oh shit handle. Oh my god. I, it is making me think of, um, when, uh, the Avengers came out. The first one. I went to see it with a bunch of people I worked with. And I didn't have a car at the time. My, um... Um, do you remember that little red uh, Pontiac I drove? I used to drive. Is that like Susie or something like that, or uh, that was Lucy? Lucy, yeah. So this was between Lucy um, dying and before I bought Benny my Jeep. The Jeep. Um, so I didn't have a car. Um, so I, I got. I think like one of my like I think my mom like was kind enough to like drop me off at the movie theater. Um, but then one of my friends I worked with drove me home and I was like, it was raining really, really hard and he was a really bad driver and the, um, the windows kept fogging up and he didn't, he was like, gosh, I can't, I don't know how, like it's too, I can't see it's, and I'm like, just turn on the, turn on the turn defogger, on the, turn on the defogger. And he's like, the what? And I was like, oh my, oh my God. God. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. This is it. This is the night, and he, because he's like, he's like, um, he's like going over into the other lanes, and I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, I like literally was teaching him how to use his defogger while we were driving in this like pouring down thunderstorm. I'm assuming that like you saw this at midnight, which is why you're able to get away with uh, driving in like multiple lanes. Um, I. No, I don't even think it was a midnight showing. I think I mean, it was it was later in the evening, but um, it was definitely a back road though, okay. like that we were on. No, but like I totally, I I like to be the driver when um, when it like comes to taking road trips or whatever. I mean, and mm-hmm. I've driven you um, mm-hmm. a couple times. Uh, one thing I I really feel anxious about. And I know that I'm a good driver, but I always feel really anxious to like if um if I'm ever like driving on the highway or something and I have to brake like really quickly or uh, mm-hmm. there's something like out of my control. If like if if for a minute my driving starts to waver, I worry. I immediately think like, <laughs> oh no, they're gonna think that I'm a bad driver. But I and I want to be like the go-to driver for my friends. Like I. <laughs> If we ever do a road trip, I want to be the one who drives. Because I, I like doing that. As long as you don't do what Buffy does. No. Buffy's terrible <laughs> at driving. 
Oh, it's oh, all, it's like, Lord. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> they get to the bronze, and the only thing more terrifying than Buffy's driving is what they find inside. And I have to, so obviously at this point we know that like the adults are under the influence of something. They're all mm-hmm. dancing around and acting crazy. They're getting really into Dingo's Ate My Baby. Um, <laughs> but uh, Even Dingo's Ate My Baby is like, we're not that good. Yeah, I, they're like, man, they're really getting into this. I think like one of my favorite lines in this scene is when um, like Buffy's just looking around. And she's just weirded out. And, and Willow says... Oh, maybe it's there's a reunion, or maybe there's a Billy Joel concert. The Billy Joel concert. <laughs> damn. Yeah, yeah. That, Which that's a... I feel insulted by because goddamn it, I love Billy Joel, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not that old. Yeah. Uh, Buffy also says maybe they need a doctor, and then a shirtless man does a stage dive, and Willow goes, "I think that's my. I think doctor. that was my doctor." <laughs> He's usually less topless. Um, They meet up with Principal Snyder. Oh, no. First, they meet up with Miss Barton, who who tells Willow, that's a tree. And then, like, I think she calls her Little Tree. (laughs) She calls her Little Tree. Um, And then they find Principal Snyder. And, yeah, Principal Snyder is just, like, has, like, been reduced to this, the... Like, he's the Xander of the adults friend group. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say like every like irritating like pop in neighbor in a sitcom. Yeah, like, like no. When I saw Giles and uh, and Joyce um, together, and then like Snyder hangs out with them too. I'm like, oh, it's clearly Buffy, Willow, and uh, Xander, and we all know who the Xander is of this group. <laughs> So um, Oz says, like, oh, hey, something's wrong. Um, They need to find out what's going on. So they're going to go try to find Giles. Then they're like, oh, wait a minute. What if, like, Giles is under this spell as Mm -hmm. well? And and, um, as they're, like, getting to Buffy's mom's car, um, like, uh, that's when um, Willow and Buffy talk about how, like, they briefly mention just how Giles was as a teenager which we know from uh which we know from uh like the previous episode that featured ethan rain um he wasn't uh he wasn't the best guy to be around yeah Uh, as uh what'd she say like uh more uh less put together guy more ticking time bomb hates the world guy but yeah so but then Snyder decides to like follow them and hang with them as they try to drive. And so they all get into the car and Buffy drives off in her crazy manner, which leads to my favorite line of the whole goddamn episode when <laughs> Snyder just yells, Whoa, Summers, you drive like a spaz! <laughs> like, I had already been laughing at that point, but that was like, pause the episode i'm laughing so goddamn hard uh, yeah i will it, say, it, yeah this is where it really starts to take off yeah um and uh 
So, um, uh, and then, like, it's revealed that Ethan Rain was the outside contractor that mm-hmm. Mr. Trick had been talking about, which, I mean, in all fairness, we don't have too many recurring villains in Buffy because a lot of them die at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, all Ethan's really doing is kind of, like, helping with the production of all this candy and uh, yeah. Mr. Trick comes by. He does have this, like, really badass moment where he's just like, mm-hmm. hey, I told you not to test the product. Grabs a guy by the neck and, like, snaps his neck. And you're like, whoa. And Ethan Rain was like, oh, well, I mean, did you see? I didn't see him uh, trying the candy. He's like, oh. And Mr. Trick's like, oh, neither did I. But now nobody will. Yeah. And Ethan is like, holy fuck. Yeah. Like, um, Ethan is very... It's very interesting that he is brought in for this because I feel like you could have done the episode without him. Um, you could have, but I love Ethan, so no, no, it, it's cool. I'm it's down for like, it. He is very, like when he says he's just a sub, an outside contractor, a subcontractor. He really does mean that. Like, yeah, he he is in no way as menacing as his first appearance. And he's really I actually don't even think he's very menacing in his first appearance. That's actually one of the things I love about Ethan is that he is uh, he's just a dude. He, yeah, he's just a dude. He loves doing evil shit. Um, but like the second he gets caught, like he's like, "Up, oh, I give up." He's like yeah. um, <laughs> That's actually one of the things I enjoy about him the most is he's 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 not this like end all be all bad guy. Um, he's He's, he's, he's kind of petty in a way that I enjoy. Um, and especially this backstory that he has with Giles um, help, helps that as well. Yeah. But yeah, he's, um, he's really just kind of there in this episode. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's all he needed to be. I, I feel like if it had been any more anything else, then uh, it would have taken away from what's really great about this episode. And, oh, uh, absolutely. Speaking of what's really great about this episode, now uh, Joyce, Joyce and Giles, and Giles the criminal tree, element, eating up some band candy. Nice. Uh, I was going to say, Joyce and Giles, F-U-C-K-I-N-G on a cop car. <laughs> yeah, um, they, uh, they're like just kind of walking around and uh, they see... Okay, sorry, sorry. I just need to express... My horniness for Giles. I mean, it's kind of like an ever-present thing at oh, this point. It is, but oh, he's 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 like he's like oh, he's got like his t-shirt and he's got his like his his flannel his his, his flannel wrapped around his waist and he's like punching cops. No, and no, breaking dude, windows. he's like oh, he is very much like he very much looks like he missed the casting call for the Outsiders movie. <laughs> which, Accurate. which might be like probably my best pop culture reference on this entire pop like in this that entire was, time that i've been on this podcast um that was good that was good and then joy you know what joyce also looking fucking hot she's like she's got her like like robe thing and like a skirt and boots and like but then, geez, but then she like, sees a yeah. coat that she really likes which is but the store's closed and then fucking giles picks up the picks up a trash can and just hurls it into the window 
which I know that got that got your Jimmy's wrestling. <laughs> oh fuck! When Joyce literally, when Joyce was just like, "You are so cool," I was like, "Oh girl." <laughs> Um, it's actually funny. One of the things, it's not like a super prevalent detail in the episode, but it is pretty obvious that Joyce is not as cool as she's like acting. Um, like when they're listening to the music, she mentions like, oh, have you ever heard this artist? And he's like, yeah, you're lame. And Joyce is like, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. They are lame. So like, I definitely love this like kind of dynamic that Joyce is that, that teenager who's just like. She's picked an alpha, and she's gonna... <laughs> I hate that. I... Sorry, like, that just immediately made me think of, like, how there's, like, that horrible trend that... Or a horrible stereotype that, like, uh, women love men that treat them like garbage. And Oh, uh, absolutely. I, and it's not good. It's not good, but it's also not false either. Um, yeah. Then again, that's not all women. But it, 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 Hashtag not all women. But it is an unhealthy amount of women. Um, girls, if a guy is treating you like garbage, dump that he jackass. He likes you. Dump that jackass. Oh, yeah, jack- dump that jackass. Harrison! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm... You know, this week, um, the booze you, is really, like, hitting I, hard I, on I, booze I'm and Buffy. like, I'm a little sweaty right now, but that's about it. I'm sure, like, <laughs> I'm sure once we get to, like, the end of the episode, I'll be like, well, next time on Booze and Buffy, we'll be talking about something. <laughs> next time on Booze and Buffy, I won't be here, because I'll have killed myself with a saw. <laughs> <laughs> or it'll be harder to record stuff without fingers. Um, but yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, Giles, like, beats the shit out of a cop, and then, like, they take his gun, mm-hmm. his handcuffs... And then they start making out, which we all know eventually leads to like them ha- them like making the beast with two backs um, mm-hmm. on the cop car. Like mm-hmm. they got down and dirty. They did the no pants dance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, like Buffy, he, he he like dove into her velvet underground. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I wanted to see if I could do anything that would like just make you a gas, and that's probably what it is. Well, are you, you about to probably... throw up? No, I, I spilled a little of my drink. <laughs> um, honestly, I probably wouldn't have because I thought I you you had ruled a three. You had said three, so I thought you were done. So I just like I wasn't prepared nope, for, I did the airplane. for a fourth one. <laughs> I did the airplane, Jack. I so no, I I respect your um your your subversion of comedy tropes. Hey, that's why I'm here, man. I'm here to make you laugh. We all know you're the brains of this. Um, <laughs> Oh, fuck. I should never be the brains of anything. I don't think you're the brains of anything right now. Because <laughs> you're on your second... Yeah. You're halfway through your second uh, <laughs> Sour Patch Kid. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a crime. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but anyway... Um, so yeah, Buffy gets... Buffy a- gets T-boned. Which is not her fault. She's a it's bad driver, fault. but it is not her fault. It is, like, the jackass who's, like, 
trying to unwrap candy and drive at the same time. Clearly, don't do that. No, yeah, that, don't drink and drive, don't text and drive, don't unwrap and drive. They, um, Snyder leads them to the factory where the candy came from, um, and uh, Buffy sends Oz and Willow to get Cordelia and Giles to help Cordelia and Xander. with some... <laughs> Cordelia and Xander. Help with some research. I think it's because they're like the only two guys on the show who aren't Oz. And, <laughs> and it's hard. Yeah. We Xander Giles. Cordelia, Cordelia wants Giles as much as Joyce does. Mm-hmm. That's my canon. <laughs> so um, Buffy makes her way to the factory where she finds Giles and Joyce making out. Um, and and there's I, it's also important to mention there's just a lot of people generally just at the factory getting more candy um i don't know why like i i'm guessing there's something in this spell that they're under that makes them want to eat more draw, it. eat more draws them to where they can get more sure and okay. like and and obviously like buffy is trying to get giles and joyce away from there um, but she's having a hard time. And each other. Yeah. But she's having a hard time doing that, which leads to my second favorite line of the episode. When, like, Buffy's trying to hold on to Joyce. And Joyce... And this would not be funny if it wasn't coming from Joyce Summers. But Joyce says, screw you, I want candy. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It is a good... Um, she also says something along the line. Joyce has so many great lines in this episode. That one's a really good one. Um, she also is when Buffy's like expressing dismay at her, like making out with Giles. Joyce is like, "So you get to kill things, and I don't get to have any feelings about it." <laughs> <laughs> um, I do. I like that. One of the things this episode does is it doesn't like erase their memory. They're still, like, them. Yeah. They still, like, have all of their memories of their adult lives. Um, Joyce says it really succinctly. Like, um, she's like, it, it just feels like I'm back to the way I'm supposed to be. Yeah, she um, thought that, like, getting married and having kids is all a dream. Um, yeah. Which I'm glad, I'm glad uh, Buffy wasn't around to hear that. Because that could be taken mm. in a very bad way. Especially where Buffy is right now. She would not have taken that well. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Buffy, Giles, and Buffy, Giles, and Joyce storm the factory with Snyder coming up behind, which is such a, the grouping that you never thought you would see trying to it's take so down, good. like, an evil thing. And there's a point where Joyce is, um, uh, talking to Snyder, and I can't remember the exact things he says, but... He says something like, so, so you and the librarian, are you like a thing? And you go and steady. Joyce just like, yeah, you go and steady. And Joyce just like rolls her eyes and walks away. Basically, he's the, uh, <laughs> he's the fucking uh, Xander of the group. Oh my gosh. He's not, honestly, I mean, not, not, to, not, to, not to be too kind to Xander, because I never would until we get later in the series. 
but oh, I I I take Xander over over Teenage Snyder. I don't know. I kind of love Teenage Snyder just because he's like, <laughs> it's like um, as a person, I would be I, I I would want to hang out with, not necessarily as a person I would like to watch on a television. Well, no, it's show. it's always great how like there's always that person in a friend group that is like kind of the. Uh, the oh my god, why are we friends with this guy? Like kind of like um, oh my god, he's Peter Pettigrew. I, I, yeah, I was I was thinking more along the lines of Barney Stinson. Um, okay, and also me. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, but like no, no. There are times I, I will admit there are times when I like think about I think about my friend groups and I'm like, god, you know what? Nobody else, like, raises as much shit as I do. <laughs> so I wouldn't say that I'm as bad as Snyder, but um, I, I do think... I think it's amazing you can say that when you're friends with me. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. It's like, what, that's kind of, like, accepted as part of your character. Um, <laughs> but also, but also, it's never, like, some of the shit that you raise is never or any of the shit that you raise is never like detrimental to the group dynamic um it's never it's always just kind of like true it's usually harmful to people outside of the group yeah but who fuck who cares about them fuck them Uh, so (laughs) listeners i i earlier this week jason posted a video on uh facebook of roger the alien from american dad um basically being like this is like this is Harrison. <laughs> and I have... Ever since American Dad started, I've had so many people <laughs> telling me that Roger the Alien is like is like me. And <laughs> it's... <sighs> the video Jason posted is like him getting upset that someone uh, deleted uh, a, an episode of Bones off of his TiVo. And... The only, literally, the only thing I could say in my defense was, I don't watch Bones. No, like, it, it's so funny because it's like, because he's like, oh, where's my new episode of Bones? And, and Haley says, uh, excuse me, um, I have to get the Roger the Alien voice down. Hey, what happened to my episode of Bones? And that's really good. And it's one of the few voices that I can do extremely well. And Haley just says, like, oh, I deleted it because I had to record something else. And he, like, just mouth open, slowly turns his head to stare at her. She's like, I thought you had already watched it. And then Steve, who is sitting on the other side of the couch, says, oh, um, I don't know why you still record Bones, Roger. We all know it's it's not that great anymore. And then, like, keeping that same open mouth shock, he turns the <laughs> other way. And I'm like, if you insert, like, any show that Harrison enjoys in place of Bones, it's literally Harrison. Mm-hmm. It's accurate. <laughs> and I just remember seeing that clip. I'm like, that is, like, the ultimate Roger is Harrison clip. <laughs> and I, and I, I'm really sorry in advance if you, like, or not in advance, but I'm really sorry if you don't like that comparison. It's just like, oh my oh, god, no, spot just, on. It doesn't bother me because I it, it is kind of accurate. <laughs> like not necessarily. Obviously, not. I'm I'm not a fucking sociopath, but like some of some of the stuff he does and some of the stuff he says. Sometimes I'm watching the show and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <sighs> 
the episode, the uh, the uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf episode, really just takes off his glasses and just wipes them clean and then goes, tell him why you killed our baby, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you have no (laughs) idea how how fortunate I am to be friends with Harrison Kaufman. He's like, he is the best. And it's like all those qualities in you, which is why I'm so happy to have you in my life. Yeah, I agree with you. I am (laughs) a very good friend. I'm a total uh, delight. I'm a catch, Francine. (laughs) (laughs) Listeners, I feel the exact same about Jason. Aw. Although, like, this episode's getting kind of gay, so... I don't really uh... have, like, a fictional character <laughs> counterpart. Um, the closest that there is, really, is kind of uh, Ben... It's ben Wyatt. Ben Wyatt from uh, Parks and Rec. Um, I've seen you hold up a claymation doll and go, Could a depressed person make this? That's not true, but... <laughs> that is not true. That's not happened. I could easily yes. see... That... <laughs> like... <laughs> Flash forward like a year from now, and I'm like, Harrison, I can't do this episode of Booze and Buffy. I'm busy making my magnum opus. And I would respect that. in the place where you live. Um, anyway. All right. Wow, where so were they we? go inside the factory. <laughs> yeah, they're inside the factory. Um, and uh, yeah, like uh, Buffy finds out that like it's like Ethan is there. And mm-hmm. uh, Ethan does his thing of like oh as soon as he's caught um he gives up all the info that he can what's really funny about this is like giles is like oh you're my you're my slayer i'm your watcher punch him in the face (laughs) (laughs) giles what like when she's got him he's like say like hit him hit him hit him like she he wants her to beat the shit out of him um they uh they need to give a tribute to the uh demon Lurconis. Um the mayor does for reasons unknown. And the the point of this basically was to distract all of the adults of Sunnydale. Um because what they need for the tribute is really important, really difficult to get, and if all the adults um, are acting this way, they'll blame themselves when it's gone afterwards. It's actually pretty fucking brilliant. Um, this this plan. See, I was um, thinking it, like, like it seems silly, but like it, it, it makes does sense. Seem silly. There are times when I'm like, God, this is like trying to burn a house down to get rid of like a fucking spider. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, like they needed um they needed four newborn babies. Um, yeah, and uh, which they learned from Willow from her research. Yeah. Um, also, just real quick before we get into that, mm-hmm. um, we do hear about how Cordelia, uh, how her parents reacted to the band Candy, <laughs> um, which involved her mother borrowing a, I think, what was it, a Lycra jumpsuit? Yes. And uh, her father locking himself in the bathroom with a bunch of Playboys. No, uh, Esquire. Esquire, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cordelia is scarred. The, cl- She's the classy like... man's playboy. Um, also, uh, like, when um, Buffy's like, uh, oh, I need to go, like, uh, find this demon and, like, save these kids. Uh, like, Snyder wants to come along, but she's like, oh, go home. 
and uh, and fuck. Go home, Kimmy. <laughs> and um, uh, Giles is like basically trying to tell him to go home, and Snow's like, "Hey, I took Taekwondo at the Y." And <laughs> fun fact about me, guys, I'm actually a second degree black belt in Taekwondo. It's true. They're gonna sacrifice some babies. Yeah, and uh, um, Buffy, Giles, and Joyce they... go to the sewer. But first, they need to uh, tie Ethan up. Does anyone have some rope or... And Joyce just sheepishly pulls out from her pocket the handcuffs. (laughs) (laughs) And there's this great... It's so good. There's just this moment of... There's this beat where they're just staring at each other. And then finally Buffy takes the handcuffs and just goes, never tell me. <laughs> I never want to know. <laughs> um, but they, they go down into the sewer. Um, the mayor is there. Um, and it's funny because he has a bit where he, he's on the phone and he's like, hey, I'm like down in the sewer right now. And will you schedule me a meeting with like public works? Because there's a lot of like exposed pipe <laughs> and gas lines down also, here. Like, we should get three this o'clock. Fixed. <laughs> he's doing all this while like the crazy uh the crazy ritual like tribute is coming into play it, it is good it's a great moment because one it does set up the fact that um buffy uses one of these exposed gas pipes to kill the demon Lurconis. um so just nice bit of little Chekhov's gun there but it just it furthers this bit about the mayor. I've said this a lot about the mayor, and this is where, like, I've said it about it in my life, and now I can say it on the podcast. I think the mayor is a good mayor. Like, no, yeah, like he's I mean, like it, there's this weird dichotomy of him being like good at this like public work stuff, but also he is evil. Whereas opposed to we have a president who is both evil and bad at the public work stuff. Yeah, it's. It's like, for his plan to succeed, uh, which I won't reveal here, he does have to um, maintain the order of the town, and he does that very well. Um, Whereas in Trump's case, like, in order for his plan to work well, he has to bring everything tumbling down. Um, He does that very well. Yeah, no, like... If 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 destroying everything that the government stands for and ripping apart the institutions that keeps the government like working for you is um, is totally your jam, then hey, you'll love Donald Trump. Yeah. All right. But back to back to <laughs> back to fake evil people. <laughs> um. So th- this goes over pretty quickly. Um. The mayor when Buffy arrives. The mayor and Mr. Trick escape um, without being seen, is which is important. The mayor escapes um, without being seen. At first, it looks like Mr. Trick is going to uh, finally fight Buffy. Oh, yes. Yeah. But um, it said Giles tries to fight him, gets thrown like to where um, the demon Lacernus is waiting, and uh, mm-hmm. and so like then Trick runs away, and Buffy yeah. um, has to save Giles from what looks like. Um, a big penis. I was gonna say like a mini um, sandworm from Arrakis, but uh, same, same thing. <laughs> the, how, did it did it frighten you at all? Because it did look very snake like. 
You know, no. Uh, it, it honestly, it looked more worm-like to okay. me. Okay, sandworm, and that go. bothers me less. Like, so. Um, but yeah, Buffy kills it using the aforementioned gas pipe. Um, creates a flame. Giles and Joyce rescue the babies. Um, that's that's what happens. I yeah. Um, it, it it happens pretty quick. The epi- this episode is not super interested in Lurconis or what happens. To yeah. Him. Um, the biggest thing to result from this is uh, when Mister Trick is back in the mayor's office. Um, mm-hmm. Like, obviously, the mayor isn't uh, excited about everything that happened, but uh, Mr. Trick does po- does say that, um, oh, hey, you know, this is one less demon you have to pay tribute to. So that kind of mm-hmm. gives us, like, an, a little inkling, a little bit of, like, yeah. oh, so the mayor's doing something demon-related. Um, we don't know what that is yet. Um, well, we do, but... Uh, new viewers <laughs> don't know what that is yet and um, it kind of like builds into this tapestry of uh, <laughs> it builds oh, into this ta- oh, sexy. <laughs> it builds into this tapestry of like we don't know what the mayor's doing nobody really knows what the mayor's doing mm-hmm. and I mean that's I like that the mayor is able to have this position of power and also do this like thing without being noticed on the side i mean that's the sign of a yeah that's the sign of a good villain it's like um it's like in the wire like uh Mm -hmm. sorry guys i've been watching a lot of the wire um in quarantine because i've i'd never gotten through more than a few episodes and now i'm like through season three phenomenal show i know every white person says that it's good every white person that's seen it (laughs) um but uh yeah like uh for those of you who are fans of the wire it's very similar to how um in season one, uh, they have the name of Avon Barksdale, who runs like a lot of the West Side's drug um, operations, but they don't even have like a picture of him. So he's mm-hmm. able to like stay under the radar for a good long while. Um, yeah. And I like, I love that. that this, this is kind of the inverse of that, where the mayor is, of course, a public figure. Um, but nobody knows but about like all of his activities like i mean well and it's kind of hinted that possibly snyder knows um i i think in this episode though it's the idea my inclination that i've gotten is that snyder i i I, my my understanding is snyder doesn't know he knows like he knows that like, there's something... He does, well, he's a toady. Yeah, he knows you know that there's I mean? something he's like demon-related a... because the times that he has brought up the mayor's name is involved with, like, mm-hmm. keeping demon-related activities quiet. Um, yeah. But I don't think Snyder's important enough to... Uh, in the grand scheme of things. But he does know Taekwondo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, so, and then the next day, everybody's kind of like gone back to normal um xander decides to make fun of uh to make fun of principal snyder um and in the fool (laughs) and uh so that causes snyder to like make willow oz and xander and cordelia all clean up the uh the graffiti that's throughout the and i i love i love willow (laughs) like because it shows the graffiti in the hallway it says kiss rocks and 
And Willow just says, why, like, would, why anyone would you want to do that? Kiss rocks. Oh, now I get it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I get it, Buffy. The music that I like to listen to is for old people. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I got I all love... the kiss, Billy Joel, and cream references in this goddamn episode. I love slow on the uptake Willow. <laughs> like, I, I <laughs> that's one of my favorite versions of her. Um, there, there is a moment when they're in Lurconis's lair that I just want to mention where um, Buffy mentions like, Ugh, we should get home. I got to take the SAT tomorrow. And um, uh, uh, Joyce is, is like, don't worry about it. I'll write you a note. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy's like, Buffy's no, like, I really want to do this. No, and I think like I'll take it. I think she just wants to kind of accept some responsibility, <laughs> which I think that's the theme of this episode. Yeah, is the beginning of this episode. Buffy is really resistant to accepting any responsibility, um, and then her support systems are taken away from her, and they kind of tease at that where Buffy's like complain talking to Giles, and she's like, oh. It's like up was down and left was right. I didn't know what was going on. And and the at first we're meant to believe this is how she felt when all the adults were teenagers. And he was like, was that the math or the verbal? And she's like, mostly the math. Yeah. But I do feel like that is what this theme of this episode is. Buffy is really struggling with responsibility. And Yeah, because that's um, like, I mean, this is a coming of age story. And the entire mm-hmm. point of coming of age is you become an adult. And... Yeah. Like, we are starting to see Buffy having to... I mean, the so far, like, a big running theme in this season has been Buffy, uh, like, running away from uh, running away from everything, and then when she came back, she has to start taking the lumps that... She has to start taking mm-hmm. responsibility for all of her actions, and um, now she has to take, like, the bigger responsibility of being... Of being an adult, um, and that's yeah. like that's what you're supposed to do in your senior year of high school. Um, I don't know if everybody mm-hmm. does it, but uh, yeah. So I, I love that this episode can take an inherently silly premise of that all the adults are teenagers now, but like tie it in kind of thematically resonant of just this this and idea that's kind of, of the, i love i love that, that. Is, that is basically that's buffy at its best yeah and that's what makes or breaks this episode like it if it hadn't have tied into an overall theme then yeah we'd think this is a funny episode but we would also think like oh who cares um mm-hmm. but uh like it's like what's important is that um it does have that tie into responsibility and yeah yeah uh the episode ends with joyce picking up buffy from school um they uh giles and joyce are awkward around each other yeah buffy is completely oblivious to this incredibly awkward interaction to between joice and buffy joice and giles and and that's er, fucking hell (laughs) joice and giles to the end without doing it again but you did it um they uh um so yeah uh that's how it ends it's um that is band candy and buffy does Um, say like well at least at least i got to you guys before you did anything crazy 
And then like yep. Joyce, and she walks away, and they're like, mm, "Yeah, mm, jo- lovely to see yeah, you." Yeah, Joyce and Giles look at each other, and that's when you realize they banged, they boomed, they banged. Yeah. So, Jason, um, uh, what what is your what, what? How would you rate this episode? Um, I would, I I really enjoyed this episode, especially because like I wasn't too hot about the last episode, so this is like kind of a. And also, like, like I said when we did Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered, when Buffy, like, there's a lot of snark in Buffy, but um, mm-hmm. there's also, like, some serious moments. When Buffy does, like, an almost exclusively, like, funny episode, it's, if it's done well, then it stands out. Like, Bewitched, mm-hmm. Bothered, and Bewildered does it, um, him does it in season seven, and uh, mm-hmm. this episode does that as well. Uh, which is why I was so excited at the end of the last episode. Like, oh, we get to do band yeah. candy. So um, I will give this episode four out of five uh, Taekwondo poses from Principal Snyder. Okay. I, I'm also going to give this episode four out of five uh, stolen jackets. Um, and, you is know, it sad that neither of us I, went for the candy bars? <laughs> I, I, no, I think it fruit. is indicative that we're smart. <laughs> um, I, I, and I'm just going to say, like, we both have had the only negative we had to say about this episode was the, the Willow Xander shit. And we still, like, we both gave this episode a four out of five, which is just indicative that this episode is so good and yet. It's not even in the five star Buffy episodes. Yeah, it's um like it, it's that's what one of the things I love about the show. So yeah, much. it's like uh, it's like their episodes that stand out, um, like uh, the ones that we covered so far, Innocence and uh, Becoming Parts One and Part Two, um, and uh, I'll um Passion. Like those episodes mm-hmm. stand out as like absolutely incredible and we've got like another good one coming up fairly soon um Mm -hmm. like those are like the golden level buffy uh but then there are plenty of episodes that while they may not be like the absolute best they're still really good tv yeah um so i have one slight bit of trivia for this episode before we go into our drinking game um so when asked about her favorite episodes of Buffy, um, Christine Sutherland lists lists this one as like um, one of her favorite episodes, um, and I think specifically she mentions it's like one of her favorites. It was one of her favorites to film, which oh yeah, like I mean that that makes and, a and lot I mean, of sense. I'm sure she had a great I'm time. Fairly certain and she got to make out with Giles. Yeah, I'm fairly certain it's like. Uh, it, <laughs> I was going to say, like, it boils down to, like, oh, the fact that you get to be almost a completely different version of your character and, like, yeah. do something different. Uh, but, yeah, the, um, yeah, also getting to make out with uh, Anthony Head works as well. And, you know, I don't think, uh, we, I think we've nudged up against it, but haven't actually said it. But I, I do think it's important for us to just, I just want to say, um, everyone is, of course, fucking great in this episode, but Christine Sutherland really fucking kills yeah. it. Her and Anthony Head, this double act of them, 
is is to me like when I think of band candy, the first thing I think of is Joyce and is Giles. Joyce and Giles. I, I, like I, it is I also, the I headline also give of the some episode. Props to Armin Shimmerman for um, of course, yeah. Like like I said, he has my favorite line in the episode, and it's just it's a lot of fun to see him like to see him being like the opposite of what Snyder is, and you can tell that like mm-hmm. oh. He very much wants to. I feel like this is like the other extremity of Armin Shimmerman, and like, uh, and Principal Snyder is like one. Armin Shimmerman is the, or and uh, young Principal Snyder is the other, and then in between those two is Quark from Deep Space Nine. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah, I agree. All right. Um. So, do you uh, do you have a drinking game for for this week, Jason? Um. <laughs> oh wow! Oh god, damn it! Why do I never remember to do these things? <laughs> we just recorded an episode yesterday where I talked about being bad about doing this. Um. Uh. Anytime. <laughs> How about anytime anybody's eating candy, you take a drink. Nice. Uh, I'm gonna say anytime someone is really horny, take it. Yeah. Oh man, that's that might even be worse than mine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well, because you you've got your obvious between Joyce and Giles, but you've also got some Buffy Angel, Snyder and some, Joyce, uh, Snyder. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, you've got some <laughs> who won't be named Xander and Willow. <laughs> um, I said they won't be named. You did. <laughs> um, and I do just want to point out one last little thing of trivia before we, like, peace out of this bish. Um, so according to the Sunnydale High School yearbook, which is an actual, like, published yearbook that you can buy. I actually think I've seen um, that in half-price books. Yes, I've seen it in half-price books, but I've never bought it. I have bought all of the Watcher's Guides as well as the um, script and score for Once More with Feeling. Um, But I've never bought the yearbook. But um, I I probably will someday. But according to that, the band candy... mm -hmm, (laughs) uh, The the chocolate sale earned (laughs) $600,000 for the marching band. Which is probably more money than the than the school gets ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> All right, um, Jason. Do you have any other thoughts about band candy before no, we before I just, we go out again? I just really like this episode. It is it yeah, a ton it's of such fun. a fun time? And if the length of this if the length of this episode has shown you guys anything. We really love talking about it. So yeah, this was um, my episode. So. Obviously, listeners, as you know, we're recording remotely, but that also means we have to watch the episodes separately, and we usually watch them together. And this was, like, one of the episodes where I was like, gosh, like, that was Jason We're here to watch this with me. Like, I like some of the other episodes were not against you. I was never like, gosh, I hate Jason, so I wish you weren't here for this. But it was just like, oh, yeah, I can just watch this episode. It's fine. But, like... Band Candy is one of those episodes where I was like, fuck. So next time, we, when we can get back together, we should watch Band Candy together. I'm down with that. Like, uh, we are trying to get together on July 3rd. If, uh, yeah. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Uh, so far here in Kentucky, we're winning quarantine. Yeah, we're so. one of two states <laughs> that actually um, 
that actually fulfill the CDC's requirement to open up the economy, to reopen up the economies. Yeah. It's us in North Dakota, baby. Yeah. So here's hoping it sticks. Um, also, anyway, also an important note. Oh, um, a bit of a serious note. Um, I got my. If you are fans of, if you are residents of Kentucky, which um, I know a lot of our listeners are, um, I recently got my uh, mail-in ballot application. And um, I did yes, too. Uh, our prim- it's really easy. It is. Our primary is coming up uh, June 23rd. And um, mm-hmm. you can apply for a mail in ballot um, up to June 16th, so a week before. And uh, make sure you do that because uh, as of right now, the only place that will be open for in person voting will be the uh, Kentucky Fair and Expo Center. And that will involve standing in line. And, of course, we have to all wear masks at this point. Um, So I don't know about you guys, but wearing a mask for an extended period of time is very uncomfortable for me. Um, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. I'm still doing it when Mm -hmm. I have to. But I also try to minimize the amount of time that I'm outside so that I don't have to wear the mask that much. But, yeah, um, my application came in. It's very easy to do. You, You fill out your information online. They send you the application. You send the application back. They send you your ballot. Um, if you and yeah. it is, and obviously, given how how bad the federal government has responded to this pandemic, and how good our state government has responded to this pandemic, obviously, votes are absolutely important. Please take part in this democratic process. And hey, one of the things coming up in this election is president. So, if you yeah. want to see that orange turd voted out, um, like at least like put. Like and uh, if this unfortunately this pandemic persists, we may also have to do this for when the general election comes around. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's best to like you can still have your democratic voice be heard, and you don't even have to leave your house. So yeah, I I just went. I'm gonna second everything Jason said. It is so easy. Obviously, in Kentucky was what we're speaking on our our, our expertise. Um, I filled out my request for an application and I had it in the mail two days later and I, I haven't, I haven't sent it back yet, but I'm going to do that, um, probably on Monday. And, um, so yeah, it's just, it's such, it's such an easy process. Um, and if you're not in Kentucky, um, voting is so important. So, so important. No, if you don't think of um, how important We are really is, lucky. Just imagine yeah. what would have happened if Matt Bevan had won, oh, fuck. had been reelected. Like, good old anti-vaxxer Matt Bevan. I'm sorry, I normally try yeah. not to get too political on this, but this is important shit. Like, yeah, like, no, Kentucky has been rated as one of the best responses to COVID-19, and we would not have that we'd probably be one of the worst responses if matt bevan we'd be at the bottom if bevan were still in charge um so voting is important on the local level and on the national level so be Mm -hmm. sure to um be sure to get those abs be sure to like fill out those applications for absentee ballots Mm -hmm. absolutely um all right well Thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. Uh, heavy emphasis on the booze this oh, week. Oh, yeah. I've still got plenty of booze left, but I already feel like... Uh, my second cocktail is I am ready. I am ready to like order some food because I am not going out to get dinner. <laughs> yeah. John, literally, while we were um, 
obviously I mentioned that he brought me another Drake pin. At one point, I don't know if you noticed, Jason, but like John came in and was like pointing at the liquor and like pointing at my empty glass. And I was like, thumbs up and him. Like, <laughs> I didn't notice that. I, I, only heard when he, I only heard you say thank you when he gave you the second one. Yep. Oh, <laughs> so, Lord. He's, he's a good egg. Uh, we will be na- back next week with Revelations. I wonder what revelations we might be revelating. I'm, I'm excited for it. Uh, I'm also Jason, and you can find me on Instagram at yamij357 and on Twitter at yamij. And I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman, C-O-F-F-M-A-N. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, and the and is spelled out. Or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. Again, the and is spelled out. If you remember the and get bit that I was trying to remember earlier, please let me know. (laughs) Uh, You can also find us on YouTube, but we will release a short video with each episode where we will discuss spoilers that we cannot talk about on the podcast because we are spoiler free. Uh, also, please don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I was looking at our, our stats this week, and Stitcher was, like, way up there. All right. <laughs> it was the big one. So, thanks, Stitcher. And thank, and again, like, uh, thank you all to everybody mm-hmm. who listens to this podcast. Um, we don't say it enough, but, like... Um, we love talking. We love recording this podcast. But um, when Harrison tells me about like all the people that like react to um, the podcast, it's really cool that we have so many awesome fans out there. So yeah, we love you guys. Yes, especially our listener who uh, let me know about my uh, uploading fuck up <laughs> for our Beauty and the Beasts episode. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, each week, we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week, we're highlighting the Good Plus Foundation. Good Plus Foundation is a leading national nonprofit that works to dismantle multi generational pro- poverty by pairing tangible goods with innovative services for low income fathers, mothers, and caregivers, creating an upward trajectory for the whole family. Visit Good Plus, and Plus is spelled out foundation.org for more information and as always go slay and be gay and eat the band candy but don't eat too much goodbye Stay safe, guys <laughs>